Lord, may the words of my mouth and meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For God, you are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Now, many of you know that I absolutely love my family, and with my family, it's, my goal is to offer safety and protection to all of my family. You know, my beautiful wife, Katina, my two daughters, Ava, Grace, and Hannah. But one, you didn't, I don't think you had an opportunity to meet. It was my dog daughter, Nyla. Uh, she died last October, but I wanted to offer safety and protection even to her. You see, in our previous home, I would go out on the patio and look, look out into our grass, and we had this fenced-in field. And Nyla would go out and run in the field, and she would answer nature's call. But she would run in the field and chase squirrels and do all the things that a Yorkie loves to do. And she was, she was definitely a, a, a princess queen. <laughs> she, would, she would lay out in the grass and she would just bask in the sun for, 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 for hours. It was because the area was fenced off. You see, we, we lived in a, in a corner home of a busy thoroughfare and cars would, would go by pretty fast. So we wanted to make sure that she didn't run out and get hit by a car. So we had the fence built up to make sure that she was safe, that she did not, that the danger was on the outside and she had safety on the inside, and she knew it. You see, our backyard behind the fence was Nyla's safe place. It was a place where she knew that she was safe. You see, we as people, as human beings, we build. We build fences, walls. You know, they give us a sense of protection. They offer us a sense of safety. They keep the unwanted people out. You know, the them while the us stay where we are inside in our safe and secure place. You know, like the Jericho wall, the them out and the us in. The wall of China keeps the them out while the us gets to stay in. The Berlin Wall keeps the them out while the us stays in. The fence the wall offers, it separates, it divides. In fact, the Berlin Wall did more than divide a city. It divided countrymen and family. You see, fences and walls, they separate us. They keep us apart. And how you view on what is, depends on what side of the wall or fence that you're on. From one side, the fence, the wall is good. On the other side, the fence, the wall is bad, is evil. Fences, whether they're physical or invisible, they separate us. They separate us from one another. They separate us from the almighty God. They have a negative connotation that comes to be with them. Things, they separate us. They separate us along ethnic lines, social and economic lines, philosophy and ideologies. Those are just some of the invisible ones. 
And there are walls like the ones that the activists of the civil rights movement recognized that spared them to go and move. It was because of the in, invisible separation between us and them. And the longer the wall stays up, the longer the fences stays up, the more, the more normal they become. But there are more walls, walls that you don't see, the walls of guilt, the walls of shame, the fences of grudges. But the walls and fences that we're talking about today are those religious those traditional walls, those religious fences that separate us from them. You see, Peter goes in and eats with a group of Gentiles, ooh, the unclean. And when he returned to Jerusalem, Peter is called to account by the circumcision group. Now, this was a group of believers who still operated under the law. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision group, they criticized him. Peter, I cannot believe that you ate with them. Do you know that they're unclean? Do you know what you've done? Peter, you have violated the law. And they didn't just stop there. They made sure that Peter knew that it was God, that God said so, that it was God's law. That God said that you don't eat with uncircumcised people. They are unclean. He said it in Exodus chapter 12, starting in verse 44. He and his law was very clear. Do not associate with them. But you know these ordinances, they were there to offer safety and protection. They were there to restrain people. They were there to separate people. You know, Jews got to worship the one almighty God. They got to go into the temple of Jerusalem and worship God. While they were in, the others were out. There was an invisible wall. It separated the people it elevated one above another. The Jews are above the Gentiles. In fact, the Jews looked down at the Gentiles. They wouldn't even associate with the Gentiles. Remember the, the trial of Jesus? They wouldn't even go in to Pilate's home. Ooh, unclean. They wouldn't go near them. They didn't want to become unclean. And Peter, Peter has broken the law and is very clear. Peter, you went and ate with these unclean people. Now you're unclean. You know, that's what the circumcised group was really saying. You're unclean, Peter. But Peter, he never changed his countenance. He begin to explain to them about a vision that he had. In chapter 10, Peter was, was uh, above home, and he was praying to God, and he fell into a trance, and he had a vision. And in the vision, 
the heavens opened and a blanket fell from the heaven. And on this blanket were creepy and crawly things and all kinds of reptiles and animals and all kinds of things. And it didn't come down just once. It came down three times. And each time he heard a voice that says, take it and eat. And Peter said, oh, no, by no means, Lord. I will not take and eat of nothing common and unclean has entered my mouth. Now, honestly, when you, when you speak of reptiles and creepy crawly things, I'm with Peter. I wouldn't put those things in my mouth either, you know. <laughs> Can I get amen? <laughs> but Peter's conviction came from years of his traditions. It, was, it came from the inside of his inner core. It came from years of trying to be unclean, trying to follow the law. And those who were unworthy, not the circumcised children of Moses, they had to stay out. They were unclean. They couldn't even approach the throne of God. They couldn't even come into the throne of grace to hear God's word. They couldn't know God's word. In fact, the word of God goes a little bit further. You know, in the temple, there was a curtain. And the curtain separates us and them. It's the same curtain, the same fence, that same wall, that same sin that separates us from God and the throne of grace. It's there whether it's physical or invisible. The wall is there. The fence is there. And in chapter 10, Peter's has a vision. And his vision, this vision challenges the church to rethink, to reconsider what it means to be the people of God. Is our identity in what we eat? Is our identity in what we wear? Is our identity in the school that we attend? Or is our identity and the one who came for us in Jesus Christ, do we now not have a new identity? And in his kingdom that he was establishing, is that our identity? You see, Peter challenges us, and God saw a need to remove this fence. To remove it so that people will have access, total access, to the throne of grace, and to the story, the good news, the gospel story of Jesus Christ. For it is Christ is the one who comes and breaks down the fences. In fact, he shatters the fences. He goes to remove them completely and to say that this fence should no longer separate and will no longer separate and the people from the and 
would no longer separate the people from each other and the people from God the Father. They would no longer separate us from the throne of grace because by Christ's work on the cross, by his raising from the dead on Easter morning, he tore down the veil. And the blanket comes. And he lays the blanket upon death and gives us an opportunity to walk through death, right over death, right into the kingdom of God in heaven itself, where we can stand before the Father and see the throne of grace and worship him in freedom and in truth. It was Christ that came and tore the curtains in two. He pulled down the fences. So how, how do we remove the fences that need to be torn down? How do we remove the fences that, that needs to go? The fences that separate the them from the gospel story of Jesus Christ. But along the way that also strengthened us in, in our relationship with Christ. Well, let's look at Peter. You see, Peter, after he prays, after he receives the vision, Peter goes. He goes out. He goes out and shares the story, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he takes brothers with him to share the, the gospel message of grace. So whatever, whatever you do, or wherever you go outside of church here on Sunday morning, take the gospel with you and do it in, in the love and with the love of Jesus Christ. You and I take Jesus Christ wherever we go because we are one with Christ and we have become one with each other. He has given us the power to tear down all types of fences. We can tear them down one by one. Whatever those fences are. You see, Peter prays to praise to God and uses God's word. And when he brings God into the breakdown process, things begin to happen. God's word removes the wall that separate us from them. Prayer empowers us to break down the walls that we can never break down. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that we have to get out. It means that we have to get our hands dirty. It means that maybe on a Thursday, the first Thursday of every month, that maybe we just have to go out and sit on the front lawn of our church and offer water and, and all types of drinks and, and stand beside and get kicked in the head in the bouncy house, whatever you got to do to spread the gospel. I've been kicked a couple of times. I'm serious. It's serious work. Or maybe we go to Honduras and, 
and we build and, and, and make relations. Or maybe it means that we get involved and we go to the courts of fundering where the, where the United Methodist women are, are having a reading program and, and maybe we go there and read stories. And as we share the stories that are on the pages of those books, maybe we then and, and only then we'll get an opportunity to share the story of Jesus Christ. You know, I was sharing with the ladies yesterday that I did not realize how close I was to where I used to live. You see, when I was in high school, I moved in with my auntie so that I can attend Murrah High School. And I stayed on the apartments where uh, Downing and Windsor met. And the books that are where our um, library is, we can stand out on the porch and I can see the apartment where I used to live. And as I was walking yesterday with my daughter, Ava, we were walking through the neighborhood and I got chills because I was reminded of the story, the story of hope that there is hope and there is future. But there has to be someone to deliver that hope, that message of hope, that message, the gospel message of, of grace. You see, Peter lived wisely by doing God's will. He didn't miss an opportunity to speak to them. Let us not miss an opportunity to speak to them. And trust me, you don't have to know everything. You know, I often tease that Ricky James is the only person that I can go to and ask a question, and somewhere in the back of his head, he has an answer. I call the man a living Google. <laughs> but we don't have to be Ricky James to deliver the message of God. You don't have to have a point to make to make a difference in someone's life. You just have to have an open conversation a conversation of love, a conversation about the love and grace of God. You see, Peter sees that the Gentiles are actually not any different. That they're the same, that the same spirit that failed on the Israelites in the beginning of Acts was the same spirit that failed on the Gentiles. And it's because that's how God sees us. We have the same spirit. We are all one. In Jesus Christ. We are all one family. You see, Christ's work was all about tearing down fences so that the gospel story can be shared. And guess what, folks? We get to continue the story so that that person that didn't think that they were worthy will find their worth in Jesus the Christ. In God the Father, Son, and His Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. God, we are truly grateful. We're grateful for your Spirit that dwells in each and every one of us that makes us one with you and one with each other. 
We thank you for empowering us to carry the story to the ends of the earth. So God, we take that task to heart. But help us, God. Help us brave the waves. Help us speak when we are scared. Help us see with the lens that you see. Help us not pass judgment, but to love all. Lord, we thank you. And as one body, as you delivered the prayer and taught your disciples, let us all join in and pray that same prayer. And it begins, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth and in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. 